0: So good to see you. This is what I believe. I believe church should never be endured. You come to church and you're like, man, that was the worst part of my week. Church should be able to be enjoyed. Like we should come into church and enjoy. So during this message, let's enjoy ourselves. Let's have some fun. Let's clap. Maybe give me an amen. I know Carl will. Amen. Come on now, Carl. <laughs> Getting me excited. But hey, we're in a new series called Hold Nothing Back. And... This is actually our vision for 2020. Hold nothing back, that God doesn't get 90%, but God gets 100%. We're saying we give it to you, God, because you can do more uh, than we could ever do ourselves. And so we're talking about hold nothing back. It talks about in Luke 21, there was a widow and she had nothing. She had just, just a small amount, but she gave it all. And it's not necessarily about the amount, but about the sacrifice. Many many times God calls us to sacrifice. And so this is a series, this is week three. We're actually doing a life group with this, which is awesome. And so if you're not a part of a life group, you can join a life group this week. And we're in week three, uh, week one, we talked about surrender. Say hold nothing back with our surrender. Week two, we talked about gratitude. I'm going to hold nothing back with my gratitude. And then today we're going to talk about prayer. Holding nothing back with prayer. And if you have your Bibles with you, uh, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. Come on, and is, does anyone carry a physical Bible anymore? We got it on the screen. If anyone amazing, Michelle McCoy, we got some physical Bibles here. You can turn to Matthew chapter 6. It's a very familiar passage. You've probably recited it before whether you're on your knees uh, in a locker room getting ready to play a game or um, maybe right when you go to bed, this is a a prayer that many of us know by heart. It says this, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And the title of my message this morning is talk the talk. Yes, yes. talk the talk. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for all you're doing. We pray for the next 20 minutes that we wouldn't just endure these next 20 minutes, but we would enjoy these next 20 minutes. God, you speak through me. People are walking through difficult situations. They came in here carrying fear and anxiety and worry, and they don't know what to do with it. But God, I, I pray that this practical teaching on prayer that they'll know what to do with it. They just give it to you, God. believing that you can do the miracle. We believe it. We proclaim it. We expect it. And all God's people said. And all God's people said. Amen. Amen. Hey, I have a confession to make. I'm a pastor and people annoy me. It's like, what is this message about? Am I the only one? Because sometimes people annoy you. Uh, also known as pet peeves. Take a moment. Turn to your neighbor. Uh, tell them your biggest pet peeve. Take 10 seconds. Biggest pet peeve. Just with The thing, first thing that comes to your mind. Biggest pet peeve. I know we all have some. Here's a few of my pet peeves. A few of my pet peeves. The first one is the smoothie guy. Meaning the guy who the, the smoothie is obviously done. Like you finished the smoothie, but yet you keep slurping. Like, you know, the guy like, you've been slurping on that thing for five minutes. Please just put it in the trash. You have the dish stacker. This is more pet peeve of maybe a family member or a roommate. I got a yes from Hannah Robinson, which lives with Katie Schneider. Is Katie Schneider a dish stacker? That's the question. We'll figure that out later. I am the dish stacker of the family. It's like, how can I put this perfectly so it doesn't fall down? Or maybe, like, I, I, don't, I don't like clutter, but some reason I like stacking dishes. So uh, the dish stacker, you got the reply all. In any organization, there's always that one person where there's a mass email, and then they reply all back. It's like, you can just reply to the direct individual, please. You have the loud texter, the person where we're just hanging out, and I'm just, like, trying to watch a TV show, and then it's just, they got their volume up, and it's just, Beep, 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 I'm like, I don't know if it does. It would be cool if it sounded like that. Uh, this is going to sound kind of savage, but for me, it's the talker. The person that's just talking a little bit too much. And for me, it's like Uber drivers or I'm getting my hair done. And it's like sometimes, like I'll, I want to have a nice conversation. Like this sounds bad. I'm a pastor. I know. Maybe I'm confessing to you. Like sometimes I like good conversation, but sometimes they just talk too much. You know, sometimes a talker, um, The food grabber, you're out to eat and it's like you have your meal. And sometimes let's do family style where everyone shares. I'm never about family style. Like I want to order my food for me and I got fries and I could, I'll buy you fries, but the fries that are on my plate, come on, can I get an amen? Are on my plate for a reason. You have the starer. This one, oh, boils my blood a little. I'm just like in public, like trying to have a conversation with Hannah. And then all of a sudden this person over there is like staring at me. I'm like, Something on my face? Like, stop staring at me. You have the road rager where you're in the left lane going 10 miles an hour over, but yet the sky is still behind you. Or like, or the people that, um, like, the light just turned green. Like, give me a millisecond. You know, it's like green. ah. Like, it just turned green. Then the Minnesota goodbyes. I just want to say bye. Like, we had a good time with you. I'm not trying to be a jerk. Like, Carl's been cool. Like, see ya. Where everyone else is like, let's go to the front door. Let's talk for another 30 minutes. Love you. Love you. Let's hug each other again. I'm like, let's, I'm trying to go to bed. Like, then you have the yeller. That's me. The person that just yells too much. The, the let's go guy. It's like, come on. Settle down. There was somebody who was the yeller. His name was Mr. Kybe. He was about 6'2", 250 pounds, bald. He was my middle school principal. Everyone was scared of him. For me, I was this little, awkward, timid kid that was a rule follower. I never once had a detention. I never once was tardy. I hated breaking the rule. Always turned in my homework on time. I'm never going to go to Mr. Kibb's office. That was my reasoning. I'm not going to go to Mr. Kibb's office. He's the yeller. He yells at kids and it's not fun. Then all of a sudden I'm walking down... The hallways. I heard this over the intercom. Everyone's a nightmare. Ben Hor, please come to the office. Ben Hor, please come to the office. And I'm like, and you know, like, and it, it, he's. It was Mr. Kybe's office. That was the enforcer. And so I'm like, oh, I n- oh no, like what did I do? Like I, I everything is perfect. Like I haven't been late. Like I've turned my homework on time. Like all this of stuff. And then I go to the office. And he, doesn't, he does not waste any time. And he just starts yelling at me. He's like, why did you pick that fight on the bus? Like, all you had to do was wait. And I'm, like, sitting there. And honestly, I sound like a snob, but it wasn't me. And I was like, it, it wasn't me. <laughs> like, stop yelling. I didn't say stop yelling at me, but I'm scared to even confront him that he's wrong. Me being an Enneagram nine, hate confrontation. I'm just like, but it was. what is it me? And I'm like sweating, my face is red. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening right now. This is my nightmare. And he keeps like yelling at me. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I got report that Ben Hor picked a fight on the bus and all you had to do was wait like a normal person waits. It was going to be a little bit longer, but you just had to wait. And it wasn't me. All you got to do, you're not going to be in trouble. Like the classic, you're not going to be in trouble if you just tell me. You did this, don't lie. And I was like, well, do I lie like in that moment? Cause it wasn't me, but do I just own it? Like, and I, and again, I, I honestly, I'm sorry. It just wasn't me. And then the secretary comes and whispers in Mr. Cobb's ear and says, you got the wrong Ben whore. There's two Ben whores. I know my name is crazy, but there's two Ben whores in seventh grade in Mount Vernon, small town, Ohio, two Ben whores. What are the chances? And I just believe that in 2020, we've been talking, we've been yelling, we've been getting angry at the wrong person. We've been talking to people, we've been talking to ourselves, we've been talking in social media, we've been talking to Instagram, we've been talking to Facebook, and God's calling us to talk to him, talk to talk, talk to God. See, when we bring our problems to ourselves, it just leads to worry. When we bring our problems to other people, it just is complaining. But when we bring our problems to God, that's praying, That's when we start to pray. But 2020 isn't just the time of problems. Like there's been good moments. But when we celebrate with just ourselves, that's pride. When we celebrate with other people, yeah, it's a party. But when we celebrate with God, he brings purpose in every one of our words and every one of our steps. We need to start talking the talk. See, I'm passionate about prayer because I believe one moment in the presence of God can change your situation. Can change what you're walking through. But... Better than that, it can change you. It can change your heart. It can change your situation. But more importantly, it can change your heart. And if you're not changing, you're probably not praying. If you stayed the same the last few years, you're probably not praying. And we're, we're a culture of proclaimers. Hey, I'll pray for you. Hey, your mom's sick. I'll pray for you. But are we actually a culture of prayer warriors? Are we going to the throne room? where we pray? says this, no man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who's not praying is playing. The people who are praying or not praying are straying. And So we're going to talk practically, walk through the Lord's prayer that I read at the beginning of this message. And I, and I hope that on Monday you're able to take some tools with you here and say, okay, I feel a little bit more comfortable praying. Yes, it's just talking to God. It's a relationship. This is not a transaction. This is trans. It's transform- transformative. There we go. It's transformative. It's a relationship. You're talking with God. But it's still complex. There's still moments that you don't understand. Like, wh- why did I pray about this and it didn't get answered, but then this person prayed about that and it did get answered. Like, why did I pray and it didn't get answered? Did I have not enough faith? Was, was like, that I not... Say the right words, like, "Did I have not, not the right setup?" And so the Lord's prayer is not a script just to read, it's a model to be able to learn how to pray. But before we talk about it, I just want to encourage you with two things when you think about praying. is first, you need to get a place. Get a place. You have access to God anywhere, but you need to make sure you're putting Him in your agenda. Have a place, have a chair. Have a location where you're saying, every time I, I get in my car, every time I get in that chair, I'm going to pray. Get a place. Because it says this in Matthew 6. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. See, uh, he feels special when you, you make a spot for him. When you're saying each day I want to make a spot in my agenda for you. Get a place. The second thing is get to the point. Matthew 6, 7-8. When you pray, there's no need to repeat empty phrases. Praying like those who don't know God. For they expect God to hear them because of their many words. Right? It's not by the persuasiveness of our speech, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not about the fanciness of your words. It's not about the amount of your words. It's about the posture of your heart. So get to the point. Get a place and get to the point. And so we're going to go through uh, the Lord's prayer here. And, and what I did for you so that you can remember uh, when somebody walks to you on the street and says, what was that message about? You can remember. And so there's gonna be four points and each point is gonna spell out the word pray. P-R-A-Y, pray. Come on, I can start a cheer up here. First point, prayer is positioning yourself for praise. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is a prayer of adoration. This is agreeing with who God is. So before you start asking him, for what you want, I think it's a model that Jesus was teaching us to be able to praise him first, to position yourself to praise. It's by proclaiming who he is. So can we just for 10 seconds, can we just praise Jesus real quick? Can we just proclaim who he is? God, you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the almighty God. God, you are our provider. You are our comforter. You are our healer. And so practically, a reason I'm praying out loud is so that you can get this in your heart. Right when you start praying, you need to start positioning yourself for praise. And I believe when you position yourself for praise, you're able to be present. You have those relationships where you want something for somebody, you're not very present. Because all you're thinking about is that thing. You want that transaction. You want that sale. You want that status. But when you're just complimenting the person, encouraging the person, you're able to actually be present with the person. And so when you start off with praise, you're actually able to be present. You're able to seek God's face instead of always seeking his hand. You seek who God is. Have a conversation with God and just say, thank you, God, for this. Just start your your morning off with thank yous. I've been a dad for 13 months, and the, the greatest honor is when I can just be with Bailey, when I can be with my daughter, just being present, and it's the same For God, it says this, Leonard Ravenhill says, my goal is God himself, not joy, not peace, not even blessing, but himself, my God. And when you're able to be present, you're able to know your position. See, I believe that your physical posture affects your spiritual posture. So if you walk into this place and your arms are crossed, yes, that's your physical posture, but maybe that's the posture of your heart. And that's why in worship, if you've never been in a context of worship, you're like, why are people raising their hands? Why are people kneeling on on the ground? Yes, it's physical posture. There's really no power in it. The power is saying, God, this is my heart. And so for me, when I'm right here praising, I'm lifting my hands. I'm lifting my hands saying, like, "I, I focus on you. I focus on you, Father. And it's as if Bailey is reaching for me. Like, I can't live this life on my own. Like, I need help. And so in moments of worship, that my physical posture is actually my spiritual posture. And I'm saying, God, I need help. Yeah. And I'm reaching towards my father. And when you are present, you know your position. You're reaching for your father. You're reminded of who you are. That you are a son. That you are a daughter. And in Romans chapter 8, it says this. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leaning you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. See, if you flip it around, if if you neglect praise, you'll neglect being present, and you'll neglect your position. And then you'll be spending your whole life living for approval. Living for applause instead of living from approval. You can walk into rooms being secure in who God's called you to be. No matter if things are looking good for you or not. Even if your sales are good or not. No matter if you feel like your job, you're failing failing at it or not. You can walk into every place and know your position and know I'm a son. I'm a daughter. No longer am I going to live for approval. I'm going to live from approval. Come on, does anyone believe that? You're able to know your position. You're able to know that you're precious. That you being a son, you being a daughter, that is you being precious. You're precious to God. And when you praise him, you're able to realize this. Like I'm precious to God. And I'll break it down for you. It says, our father, that's the first words in the Lord's prayer. In heaven, hallowed be your name. See, hallowed means holy, means sacred, means set apart. Many times in the Old Testament, the presence of God was unfamiliar. It was in a temple, in the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest could get to the presence of God. So the presence of God in the Old Testament was unfamiliar. But it was feared. Now the presence of God is familiar with people, but unfortunately it's not feared. And so uh, when you think about the temple, the Holy of Holies, only the priest could get there. Only he could access, only he could be familiar. And you think about life now, that stirs up gratitude in our hearts. Thank Jesus, I have access. Thank Jesus, it's an equal playing field because Jesus came from heaven to earth, lived on this earth for 33 years, walked towards the criminal's cross, and on the moment of the cross, the veil torn, which means the veil that separated the presence of God from everything else was torn. And now everyone can access the presence of God. And no longer does the presence of God reside in a building. No longer does it reside in a temple. But the presence of God resides in you. You are special. You are known. You carry the presence of God. You are the sacred one. So when you praise Jesus, you praise him for who he is, and then you begin to realize, like, my position in Jesus, and you begin to realize that you are one of a kind, that you are precious, that the Holy Spirit lives in me. What was sacred before, now is sacred in me. The presence of God. You are the temple, and Jesus is the high priest. See, we don't have a priest who is out of touch with reality. You've been through weaknesses. You've been through testing. You've experienced it all, all but sin. So we walk right up to you and get what is so ready for you to give. So when you praise him, you're able to be present. When you're present, you're able to know your position, realize you're precious, but also you're ready to receive. You're ready for what God has. The high priest, you're ready to to, to get whatever he's ready to give. And that leads us to the second point. Praying is getting ready for a rescue. Praying is positioning yourself for praise. Praying is getting ready for our rescue. It says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And every morning, uh, Bailey wakes up. I feel like she's waking up earlier and earlier. And she's waking up like 6.30 now. And she's getting up and trying to get up with her and just hang with her for a bit. But then there's a moment where I set her down and I set her down and uh, she begins to play a little bit and have fun, and, and then she begins to cry. And I thought, this happened the other day, I thought, this is myself. Like, I, I do this a lot. Like, God's allowing me to enjoy what he's created, and, like, I'm able to, like, play and have fun. But then when, when I'm hungry or there's something that I want, I begin to cry. And so Bailey begins to cry because she's hungry. She's like, where's my breakfast? Like, she's, she's crying out, and she's wanting either some milk or some breakfast, and she begins to cry. I'm cry and begins to cry, and almost as if, like, where are you at, Dad? Like, I thought you would be, like, give me this breakfast. And she's upset, like, and she's upset and she's crying. But the reality is, is the moment I set her down was the moment I actually started preparing her breakfast. And many times God you feels like he set us down in a season and you're like, where are you, God? But he is already preparing something for you. Come on, is anyone ready for a rescue? Come on, is anyone ready for a miracle? We praise Jesus for who he is. So it puts us into the posture to receive what he has. I'm ready for a rescue. He's already preparing it for us. Come on, we can continue to wait and cry. Or we can go to work by praying. We can go to work saying, I'm going to pray. Even though I don't see it, I'm going to pray and believe God's already preparing the thing. And it's just his timing. And I trust his timing. There's a rescue for you. We believe in the God of miracles. We believe that God can change things in one moment. If you're dealing with anxiety here, maybe it's been years. He can change things right now. Depression, he can change things right now. Shame on yourself, he can change your perspective right now. Are you ready for a rescue? Are you ready for a rescue? You can be ready for a rescue or you can just simply be a rescue. See, this life isn't hide and seek, hide from politics, hide from culture, hide from friends that are doing what they shouldn't be doing. I'm just gonna hide. And eventually, I will escape and come to heaven. But it says, kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is coming down and he's using us to come down in every single moment. So it's not hide and seek, we're just hiding, waiting for God to find us. No, it's not hide and seek, it's search and rescue. That we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we can go out and we can search into every coffee shop, we can search into every situation, this is what what God has called us to do. See, we can work by reaching people, by encouraging people, by loving people, or we can work by praying. That's how we fight our battles, by praying. That's how we fight our friends' battles, by praying. Don't underestimate what prayer can do in somebody's life. And I believe this is the prayer of intercession. Prayer of intercession. This is agreeing with what God has promised to do. I want to have an illustration here. I want to have Carl and Brett come up to the stage. Give it up for Carl and Brett. Uh Uh-oh. We got people coming up to the stage. All right, we need one person standing right here. Just face this way. And then Brett can stand right here. This is the prayer of intercession. Waiting for what's promised. And in our life, uh, we have pain, and we have what God's promised. And there's always this gap, right? We have the, the pain of anxiety, but we have the promise of joy. We have the pain of depression, but we have the promise of hope. We have the pain of of cancer, but we have the promise of healing. And there's always a gap between our pain and our promise. And this is our buddy, this is our good friend right here, who's walking through a difficult time. He's walking through pain. And I I think as Christ followers, we have a few things we can do. The first one that we shouldn't do, that unfortunately I've seen a lot of people doing. Is Here's God, here's promise, and here's someone in pain and we're blocking them. We're standing in front of them and we're ridiculing them and we're, and we're making comments back at them on Facebook or Instagram. And we're like, I'm done with this friendship because you, you disagree with me. And you're blocking them from the promise, their pain. Or we can be a friend who's got their arm around them but distracting them. I know you're in anxiety, but let's, let's go out tonight, man. Let's go. Let, let us some steam tonight. It's going to be fun tonight. I, uh, I know you're walking through depression, but, you know, hey, let's go over here, bro. And, and you distract them of the things of the world. Bad things, but also good things. You just begin to distract them from the promise. Or we have a decision where we can encourage them. Say, I know you're walking through this, man, but look at God's promise. There's hope for the future. The best is yet to come. Or you can do the prayer of intercession and you can lay down in the spiritual realm and you can be a bridge for them because sometimes people can't see the promise and sometimes God allows us to lay down in prayer and allow them to walk on our back so that we can carry them. And so I believe that there's people in this place that you're walking through pain, they're walking through a difficult time, there's a family member walking through a difficult time and we can practice the prayer of intercession. Meaning we can't save anybody but sometimes people can't see Jesus and all we can do is Allow them to walk on our back and say, hey, I'm not going to be a wall. I'm going to be a bridge so that you can finally see the presence of God. It's a story in Matthew 2 where, where everyone was crowded around the person and, and this person was paralyzed and he needed the presence of God. Jesus heals. And so the friends picked this man up from his mat and went on the roof and brought them down. Sometimes you got to be doing that. Sometimes that person that you're praying for can't see Jesus and you keep encouraging them, but they can't see Jesus. But you're going to say, I'm going to go to my prayer closet. I'm going to pray for them. And eventually they're going to be able to walk on my back and be able to say, because Ben Hoare prayed, because Lindsay Swigum prayed, because Brett prayed, because Carl prayed, because Wes prayed, because Bjorn prayed, I'm able to finally see God for who he is that I was in pain, but finally I was able to see God for who he is, because I had a friend who prayed for me. I had a friend that not only encouraged me, but prayed for me every single day and every single night. We can't save somebody, but we can be a bridge to allow them to see the presence of God. Come on, give it up for Carl and Brett. So we need to look to heaven. It says, kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to look to heaven and start praying for it now. Oh, what do I see in heaven? I see diversity in heaven. I better start praying for it now. While I look to heaven, I see healing in heaven. I better start praying for it now. While I see generosity in heaven, I, start, I better start praying for it now. While I see joy in heaven, I better start praying for it now. It's not escapism. Hey, let's just wait till we escape. No, it's saying I'm going to bring God to every single situation. I'm going to bring heaven down from earth. This is the power that I have as a Christ follower. Getting hyped up here. Gee, many Christmas. All right, I'm closing up here. Six minutes, I want to wrap this thing up. You think I got it, Logan? There's no way. Praying is asking for authority today. That's the third point. Praying is asking for authority today. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Give us authority. Give us power. And this isn't give us power to reign over people, to tell people what to do. This is power to live out your purpose. You are uniquely gifted. Stop trying to delegate your call because you're scared. Stop trying to give it to somebody else. You know how easy it would be like on Saturday nights where I like I don't want to preach, to be honest. Like I'm just scared. And it's so easy to be like, hey Katie, you got it. But sometimes you can't delegate your calling. Sometimes you just gotta do what God's called you to do the power to walk in your purpose. And when you, when you position yourself for praise and then you begin to receive the rescue, then you're able to walk into the authority and ask for the authority for the daily. This is a prayer for today. This is agreeing with God's grace today. So he says in Second Corinthians twelve nine, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. This is your daily grace, sufficient, not too much, not too little, Perfect amount. God's grace for you today. Ask for that authority. And in Deuteronomy 6 4, this is a, a prayer that the Jewish people prayed often every morning and every evening. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord of our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. See, this word hear is what I want us to focus on. Hear means Shema, means I will listen. And I will obey. See, who are you listening to? It's a moment to praise him, to receive a miracle, but also to, to allow God to speak into the little moments of your life. And say, God, your voice is louder than any other voice. What you've called me to do is louder than what other people are calling me to do. And maybe you're here and you are got a big decision ahead of you. And you barely made it to church because you have a big decision and it's overwhelming you. And you're like, but... This person in my family says I should do this. And this person in my family should do this. Let's just focus on God. And believe in what God is calling you to do is enough. And it's easy to be in a position. It's easy to be in a relationship. And to feel underqualified. But if God has spoke it, that's all the qualification you need. If God has spoken, that's all the qualification you need. Daniel, God's calling him to face the lion's Then you know, and everyone else says, you're going to get eaten. And he said, I'm going to walk in what God's called me to do. He's going to protect me. David is in the field and has been anointed king and thinking, I'm a little kid. How can I be anointed king? Everyone else around them thinking, you, (laughs) that's a joke. There's no way. But he listened to what God was calling him. Joseph was in the prison, but God's calling him to the palace. And everyone else said, you're a prisoner, like you're filth. And he said, no, God has a plan for me. If God spoke it, that's all the qualification you need. Yes and amen. Many times we we end that way. In Jesus' name, amen. And it may feel like it's impossible in your name, and it it is. But in Jesus' name, amen. And when you think about amen, amen, a scripture that you can help articulate the word amen is Isaiah 22, 23. It says, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I would drive him like a peg into a firm place. He would become a seat of honor for the house of his father. That's what amen is. We think about amen, it's God's stamp. It's God putting the pegs of a tent into a firm place. Saying, I spoke this over your life. This is who you are. This is what I've called you to do. And everyone else is trying to rip those pegs out. But the reality is they can't because they're in a firm place. And he keeps speaking this. Over you, keep speaking life and dreams and callings. In Jesus' name, amen. No one else can rip it out. This is authority to walk today, the grace to walk today, the joy to walk today, the peace to walk today, the forgiveness to walk today. The fourth and final point as we close out this message is praying is yielding what you want to Yahweh. So we praise God. We position ourselves to praise him. We're ready. God, I'm ready for the rescue. I'm ready to be a rescue. Then you ask for authority. God, this is what you've called me to do. I ask for full authority. I ask that I can be the best version of myself. And then I want to get to a spot where I yield it to him. And I say, God, I have dreams for myself. I have dreams of miracles happening. God, I believe that I can be a rescue in this place. God, I believe that you're doing big things in my life. But everything I dream, I'm going to yield it back to him. And say, God, I give it back to you. Because your plans are way better than my plans. And I believe the best way to yield your life is by yoking your life. The Best way to yield your life to to Yahweh, yield your life to him, is to yoke your life to him. It says in Matthew 11, then Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. What a yoke is, yoke is a wooden frame where it attached two oxes together. It said one ox, a strong animal, they can plow this amount. But when you put two oxes together and you put a wooden frame to attach them, they're able to do so much better together. And so Jesus is saying that as you pray, as you finish your praying, let your heart posture be, I want to yoke myself to God. That if you need rest, he will give you rest. Feel like you're carrying that heavy burden. You're carrying that anxiety. You're carrying that fear. You're carrying that worry on your own. He's saying, just yoke it to me. Yield your life to my life. And God isn't this, this God where I picture this this mom or dad at an amusement park, and I don't even know how this is legal anymore, but it's like you have the kid on, like, a leash. Like, why, how's this kid on a leash? But sometimes when we think about this joke, that's how we picture God, that God's just trying to control every one of our situations. He's just trying to micromanage every single decision I make. He's just trying to control me like a dad, and I'm on a leash, and if I try to go this way, he's going to try to do that, he's going to tug me this way, and... God's not just trying to control you. God's trying to collaborate with you. And when you collaborate with someone, it's not about getting your way. You're not going to get your way all the time. Things are not, not going to happen that you, you are upset by it. And why did this happen? Why did they make that decision? Why, like, I feel like I'm out of the loop in this, this way. And it's not about getting your way. It's about getting a voice. It's about being seen. It's about being heard. When you yield your life to God, you'll realize that the God of the universe, The God that created the stars. And when you walk out of this place, everything you see, he is the creator. He is the protector. That God wants to just do life with me. Wants to walk with me. Wants to just be in every single moment with me. Not controlling everything I do, but saying, hey, we're in this together. Like, let's walk this thing out together. So with every head bowed and every eyes closed, we're going to give somebody here the opportunity to walk this life out with Jesus.